Welcome back. We are back with another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends over at Expand the Box Score. So, before you knew it, this uh, offseason is dwindling away, so Walk and I realize we're kind of up against it here, so we have to start our divisional previews because if we don't, the season will start and we will not be finished. So we're going to get into that. We're starting today with the AFC East. Um, in years past, we had alphabetical systems and other ways we were going to do this. This year, I flipped the coin and went by ESPN uh, the way they were listed last year. So we got some different different teams than we uh, will get uh, in other years. So Walk, how are you and who's going first? Nothing better than the old coin flip uh, to, to determine which teams we we discuss slash trash. But before we get into that, I just want to get your temperature real quick. I know you have not started your Scott Fishbowl draft yet. You will be start you'll be drafting live at Stadium Swim this Ooh. Saturday, which I am super excited uh here about. So I have started my my slow draft of the seven eleven division and I just want to get your thoughts on my team through five rounds. So I was the twelfth pick. I took the turn and so far through five rounds I am Trevor Lawrence, Bijan Robinson, Daniel Jones, Devonta Smith, Chris Olave. Trevor Lawrence, Bijan. Who were the two in the middle? Olave, uh, Daniel Jones, Devonta Smith, and Chris Olave. Devonta Smith always scares the shit out of me, even though he me was too. what a high end wide a, receiver two last year. But I think he was a wide receiver one. Last year. I mean, so what are you going to do? The the upside is there. I, I love the Lawrence Bijan start. Daniel Jones, thank God he does stuff with his legs because his passing is uh, dog shit for fantasy. But I, I like Olave. I like having the, the two wide receivers there. I, I think I'm going that – I've gone like zero wide receiver the last couple of years. I, I think there's a lot of value with hitting these wide receivers early and not so much with quarterback. I mean, we talked about me drafting sixth and going, ah, I'm taking Burrow. I might go Jefferson at six, and I might go wide receiver again and then try to come back quarterback, quarterback, and go zero RB. I mean, it kind of depends, obviously, how the board falls. I've seen – Mahomes fall to fifth in a league. I've seen Kelsey fall to 11th. So mm-hmm. there are some things that could happen that will make me change my mind on draft day, but that's kind of my strategy going in. But no, I, I, I get where you're going. I like it. I, massive upside with Bijan. If Lawrence takes the next step, I mean, you, you in theory have two potential top 12 wide receivers, two potential uh, top 12 quarterbacks and a potential top 12 running back, which it's all you can really ask for through your first five picks. Yeah, that that was the thought. I mean, I didn't expect Lawrence to be there at 12. I mean, I'm I'm very high on Lawrence. I, I'm on record of saying I, I think he surpassed Justin Herbert as far as a dynasty asset in, mm-hmm. in Superflex Leagues is concerned. When he was there, it changed everything. I was I was looking at like a, a Chase Jefferson start for like a second which i have seen float around twitter tons of them tons of them yeah which makes it not unique anymore and i want to be a little bit unique right but jefferson went before my pick anyway so once that happened that's also what helped push lawrence down um so once i saw that i said change the story here so i could have went lawrence and still went jamar chase but something in me said 
just go Bijan, right? Nah, it's a good idea. Just just do it. You know, like dare to dream. You're going to get receivers. Like it's the most nerf position in the Scott fish bowl. Like it's the, everyone else is kind of pushed up. There wasn't a tight end worth taking. I was like, lean into a running back right here. And I think McCaffrey went too, uh, already. So I probably would have went McCaffrey full disclosure, but there's really no one else. I'm clearly taking over Bijan this year. So happy with it so far. Uh, I was hoping to get Darren Waller as my tight end to stack with Daniel Jones in the next round, but uh, he already went far before I could even call it a sniping. So I'm probably fully punting tight end now and just using our normal process of just mining gold, you know, in the double digit rounds of the Scott fishbowl to, to uncover a, a reasonable starter week in and week out. So, you know, a Trey McBride or, you know, someone, you know, uh, of that ilk is probably going to end up on my roster and starting most weeks. Plenty of options out there. We're just, <laughs> all right. So you said, that. <laughs> what's that? We were just talking about that before we recorded lots yes. of tight end depth. There is. And then, uh, yeah, it, with the premium league where you only have to start one, you know, it certainly makes them. Yeah. Easy, you know, like a Dawson Knox, honestly, like he's like being written off oh, right now because of Dalton Kincaid. Like Dawson Knox is still going to be a high snap tight end in line for them and be, you know, featured in the red zone. I mean, he, yeah, he wouldn't surprise me caught eight touchdowns this year. Nope, and he's just being being left for dead. Mike Kosicki is another guy I absolutely love this year. I think he's going to be great in New England with Mac Jones and Bill O'Brien, yep. and you know he's Agreed. going late. As well, you K. Dotton, we were talking about before we went live. Baltimore, Tampa Bay's gonna suck. Yeah, you know, they're gonna have to throw the ball, like it or not. Baker Mayfield will look K. Dotton's way. Like, there's just so many names out there that I think could be something. Uh, and, and, I'm not and, about. and even with the boost in the tight end scoring, unless you're getting Kelsey or Mark Andrews or Hawkinson totally explode past their best season so far. It's to me, it's not worth it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Kelsey has to continue to do what Kelsey has done, which no reason to believe he he can't, but he has to where he's being taken. I mean, he's going in like it looks like the top half of the first round in ninety nine percent of drafts. So you know, and given the scoring, I get it. But you're you're foregoing quarterback. You're not getting a high end quarterback at that point because you're not getting a top ten guy, you know, bona fide top ten guy coming back around. So yeah, now you're already having to lean into Kelsey getting another hundred and whatever thirty target season and producing as he's sorry hundred and fifty target season and continuing to produce as a wide receiver one, <laughs> for lack of a better word. Yeah, I, I'm not. Yeah. Good luck on Saturday. More to come on the fishbowl. But yes, we are getting divisional. Uh, we we've joked about this year over year where we used to do. Uh, <laughs> We used to get far more graduate. 32 individual episodes with 32 guests. With guests, which was a labor of love. Um, you know, and not worth it. <laughs> so that's we had to reevaluate life and say, <laughs> okay, John and I are just gonna talk about these divisions, right? So you're gonna get one a week for the next eight weeks leading into the NFL season, yeah, with a, a little bit of time to spare. So we started off at the AFC East and I had the pleasure of receiving the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots. So I'll just start alphabetically for me with the Buffalo Bills tapping first what they did in free agency. And this is just offensive skill position players. I'm not talking about what they did on the offensive line or anywhere on defense. This is fantasy football related. Um, And they saw a problem with their run game, went out and got Damian Harris and 
Latavius Murray, both on one-year deals. These are, you know, between the tackle runners, you know, if ever there were one, you know, and doesn't really eat into anything James Cook does, but they could eat into what each other does. And I still don't see Josh Allen just totally giving up his reckless running ways, you know, stealing goal line carries, things of that nature. So while I think there's upside more in Damian Harris, he's younger. He got more money. He was the first one they signed. I think Latavius Murray is just a break class in case of emergency. Um, neither of these guys are, are standalone, even running back twos, in my opinion. And then they went and got Deontay Hardy, just gave him a two-year deal. They're still just trying to figure out that slot position um for for the the buffalo bills and uh in the draft they went and got dalton kincaid at uh pick 14 overall in the first round a lot of projection in him but tremendous upside for him to kind of play a big slot type role for them he is not an inline tight end by any means and then the only other offensive skill player they took in the draft was justin shorter Ironic name at 516 because he's six foot four, 200. <laughs> he's one of the biggest pounds. guys in the draft. <laughs> one of the biggest, yeah. One of the biggest wide receivers <laughs> in the draft. I mean, he's he's 30 pounds away from being a tight end. I mean, literally, if you tell me he was six four, two fifty, he's uh he's he's right in that Sam Laporta-ish mold, but a big body for a wide receiver room that lacks big bodies. I know you got him a couple places, and I'm not opposed. You know, he was a under underachiever in college, but you know, there's there's a light depth chart here, and and he has something most of these other guys don't have, and that's <laughs> true height. So, where does that leave him from a win total odds? Uh, Caesars has him at ten and a half at minus one thirty. Last year, reminder, they were a thirteen win team. Um, don't know that they've gotten worse. Think the division's gotten better. But my synopsis of this was the Bills were lacking in offensive firepower, and Brandon Bean made an effort. I'm not going to say a concerted effort. I'm not going to say a good effort, but made an effort to get Josh Allen more weapons so he can compete in the AFC. Stefan Diggs turns 30 in November and seems to go untalked about, if that's even a word, um, that he really faded down the stretch last year. In his last seven games, he had one 100-yard game, two games where he saw double digits in targets, and he only, only, only scored four touchdowns during that seven-game stretch. It was a bad end to a season that started off tremendously. He had like a monster game against Den- against Tennessee in like week one or week two. It was like a three-touchdown game where you're like, here it comes, you know, 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns type season from him. And I'll tell you, I had him in a couple of leagues. He was very responsible for me not winning championships in those leagues because whether it was – attention or you know age or whatever it is but he's getting old and you know father time never loses battles also we were talking Dawson Knox Dawson Knox saw 76 percent of snaps last year I don't really see that number changing tremendously he's going to be their inline tight end and he's going to be a red zone threat for them they didn't bring in anyone of significance to unseat Gabe Davis so this is a make or break year for my guy Gabe he'll be a UFA next year so excited Anxious to see what Gabe <laughs> puts on tape this year as he looks to, you know, grab, secure the bag going into free agency or returning to Buffalo. And then the last position of note is the, the slot wide receiver position. Our lads currently has Trent Sherfield listed over Khalil Shakir as a starting slot receiver. And I wrote, I just hope that is veteran deference at this point in time because we know what Trent Sherfield is. 
we saw glimpses of what this offense and Khalil Shakir could be. And I'm excited. And I know we both liked him last year as a rookie that that's, you got to get that talent on the field over a uh, Trent Sherfield. So Buffalo, pretty interesting year for them. And they've been talking Sherfield up. Like, I, I don't think that that is the case. I think they really I'm like trying. him. The The name you mentioned, who I really like, I would love to see Deontay Hardy has made some big plays in his career and has flashed from time to time. And I don't think he was ever in an offense this good. So I'm, I'm very curious to see what he can do if he starts getting on the field a little more. But th- those are two names, Sherfield and Hardy, that I've kind of been grabbing late where I could just because the, the upside's there, they're cheap as shit. And if they suck, they're you know a super easy cut for you. Yeah, Hardy's just super tiny. You know, I agree with you. Yeah. He's explosive, but they've tried this before. You know, um, with those slot receivers. I mean, they had Isaiah McKenzie. They thought they could do something with uh, the Jamison Crowder. I think they had someone else even last year at one point that they were cannibalizing each other, unless it was those two. But I think he's going to be more of a special teams guy than anything for them. But I like the player too. Is that everything? But Bills complete? <laughs> they are done. <laughs> you had them uh, going back to our win-loss episode. I had them at 12. You had them at 15. Like a, yeah, like I don't agree. Person. I, I, I'm pretty sure I want to check the taste on that. I think I said, I don't I don't agree with this. <laughs> <laughs> because we say that a lot. When I saw, obviously, they're minus 130, but a 10 and a half, which is you know, a reasonable total, I was, you know, so it was like, all right, we're we're projecting regression from a 13 win season last year. I know we're just protecting with the book, but uh, I'm I'm a little con- color me concerned with the Buffalo Bills. I mean, everyone else got better, right? Exactly. They, they, Every they, team got better. Their depth might be better than it was a year ago, but I don't think their starting lineup is better. But all no, right, they lost Speaking pieces of- on defense. Yeah, I yeah, that's uh, concerning. Speaking of teams that got better on paper, the Miami Dolphins. Next up for me, um, added quarterback Mike White, tight end Eric Saubert, tight end Tyler Croft, who I used to love but just mm-hmm. never took a step for fantasy, mm-hmm. but perfectly serviceable uh, real-life football tight end. Chosen Anderson, Robbie Anderson. Someone else had it listed as Robbie Chosen, so I don't know which. We'll call him Jeez. It's a fact that chosen Anderson. I think it's funny that he thinks it matters. It, it, no, not at this point. It doesn't. It doesn't. He and then, he's, not being, he's not being chosen the, anywhere. That's for sure. The one name I had here was they brought in Braxton Berrios. And my initial thought was, well, that'll be a easy camp cut. And then I looked at our lads. He is currently their starting slot wide receiver. So he might actually have some value when teams are worried about uh, Waddle and Tyreek Hill, who the hell is covering Braxton Berrios? So kind of interesting there. That guy has splashed from time to time throughout his career, uh, previously with the Jets mainly. Um, could, could it be, you know, a fine wide receiver five? Obviously n- no more than that. Uh, as far as losses, they lost Mike Jacecki and they lost Trent Sherfield, who you just mentioned. And then looking at the draft, uh, second round, they lost their first round pick because of their – Tom Brady related malfeasance uh, meddling nonsense. 
Uh, second round, Cam Smith, a cornerback. Third round for fantasy purposes here, Devin A-Chain. Uh, then in the sixth round, Elijah Higgins, tight end, who we are both kind of high on for the potential upside there, converted wide receiver. Seventh round, they brought in a tackle. Mm-hmm. And then via trade, they brought in Jalen Ramsey from the Rams. So they made a lot more changes than, you know, Buffalo. Uh, A-Chain is going to have a role there. This team is fast. I don't know how it's going to necessarily translate to wins on the football field and, and blocking and all the other stuff you got to do. But I, I got to think in a relay race between your top two receivers and a running back, a chain Hill and Waddle are blowing out whatever even the second place team is. So tons of speed there. If Tua can just stay healthy and improve a little bit from what we saw a year ago. They are definitely trending in the right direction. Vegas has them at 9.5 wins, which is right in the sweet spot. I predicted them at 8. You had them at 10. I And listen, everyone knows I am a Dolphins fan, and I just hope Tua can put together a healthy season. As far as the track team is concerned, why don't we just go a 4 by 4 Raheem Mostert, who ran a 4.3440 at his pro day. I didn't know that, really. He's super, yeah, I mean, the one year he was the fastest clocked time on whatever that Zebra technology or something like wow. the entire league. Yeah, he's super fucking fast, too. Like, All right. They, they prioritize out there. Yeah, they prioritize speed on that team. I I, I hope and pray for a successful su- to a season. I, I really want to see something beginning and not be- only because I am highly leveraged in <laughs> boy are you <laughs> in two stocks, but because I actually believe he's a he's the right quarterback for this type of offense to facilitate their offense. And with the talent he has, they have he could be a a fantasy superstar. So I'm I am a a, a dolphin. I'm I'm, fi- I'm full fins up. Going into this year, and I am starting to become unreasonably high on Devin A. Chain as well, which we both liked in the rookie draft process. If he can avoid Dalvin Cook, I think he's going to be a top 20 running back this year. I do. I think he's going to see the opportunity. He only needs 10 touches a game. That's it. And they'll manufacture. They'll get him. In the screen game, they'll get him on the you know bubbles. They'll get him on you know reverses. Like they're gonna use that kid's speed. And he's already said he's put on weight. And they asked like, well, why? And he's like, well, I was a track star. You know, like I never was fully committed to football even through college. So I couldn't put on the weight. I had to stay lean because it was running first, football second. Like if he can get up to like close to like two hundred pounds. The, the, the narrative is totally different on AJ because he was already a quality between the tackles runner at AM with his smallish frame. If he can actually put on NFL weight without compromising his speed, I, I am, I am, I'm eyes fully <laughs> paid, you know, attention fully paid to Devon AJ. Yeah. Th- I mean, we like the player, the size is concerning. I, I just worry about what else they have there. You know what I mean? They they like Mostert. They like Wilson. They, they're not, not going to get their touches too. Like I, and, and he can be, like you said, he could be super efficient on limited touches. So it's not necessarily a death sentence um, as it would be for other players, but I, I would just like a more clear path to workload. Yeah, I, I don't disagree, but there aren't clear paths anymore. So give me the guy with explosive upside yeah, in an offense that prioritizes explosive upside. You know, and Mostert and Jeff Wilson are literally just placeholders. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they just are. I mean, they are San Fran cast-offs that know the scheme that McDaniel trusts, but they're also older and, you know, what's the name? Most gets hurt every single year. So, so Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> Both yeah, of them. Not, yeah, not to the same degree, but you're absolutely right. So, all right, too much time on the Dolphins, but I love the Dolphins. Um, so I guess we're talking about New England now. Um, wasn't wasn't too excited about this straw <laughs> that was drawn for me, but free agency added James Robinson. Already released him. Signed Juju Smith-Schuster to a three-year, twenty-five point five million dollar deal with sixteen mil guaranteed. Uh, I hear he's still not practicing yet. So interesting. Then Mike Gesicki. One year, four point five million dollar deal, which I thought was insulting, but it has a max of nine million with incentives. I don't know how realistic those incentives are, but I think him going back to be reunited with Bill O'Brien gets, uh, this gets the Aaron Aaron Hernandez bonus. Don't murder, don't murder anyone. Get, get eight stay off, bucks. stay off the police <laughs> scanner, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll make it worth your while. So. Uh, they were the offensive players of note from a free agency perspective. In the draft, they only used two six-round picks on offensive skill players, and that was Keishon Butte at 619 and Demario Douglas at 633. It is – everyone knows at this point that Butte is being thoroughly outplayed in OTAs by this Demario Douglas from Liberty, by the way, um, who was Malik Willis's top target when he was playing quarterback – at Liberty College a year ago. So really no significant impact from the draft as far as their offense is concerned. Caesars win total, seven and a half, minus 105. They won eight games last year. So Vegas doesn't see them as any better this year, which is an unbelievable slap in the face given the fact that they did not have an offensive coordinator on their team last year, and they were trusting Matt Patricia and Joe Judge to, quote, figure it out at some point in the year, which was an abject disaster of Jeff Saturday proportions for the New England Patriots offense. So Bill O'Brien returning as the OC, I think will be good, not only for Mac Jones, but Mike Gusecki. When he keeps saying, I think Mike Gusecki is a value. Um, In 2011, when Bill O'Brien was the OC before he became the head coach of the Houston Texans, the Patriots had the third most pass attempts and the 17th most rush attempts. Now the caveat, they did have Tom Brady at the time, but could be a foreboding sign of things to come that they become a more pass happy offense than really being run based. Ramondre Stevenson saw 66% of snaps last year and they lost Damian Harris and have already released James Robinson. That leaves Pierre strong, 51 snaps, Devin Harris, 42 snaps, and apparently Ty Montgomery, who played 21 snaps for them last year, to fight for that RB2 spot. I can see Ramondre Stevenson breaking fantasy this year because I think they're going to have a competent offense, and he's going to be probably a 75% snap player for them. Now, the the mystery to me is how Devontae Parker keeps hanging around and receiving contracts or extensions. A, a good or- contract. Whatever it is. I mean, he's he, it's not for what he does on the field, right? Was he now a locker room guy? You know, he's passing out the candy he used to eat all the time when he was on his rookie deal. <laughs> so not taking this shit seriously. I don't know um, how that continues to persist. But Tyquan Thornton is the younger player and possesses the same vertical game as Devontae Parker. So it must mean that Tyquan Thornton's not really what they want 
and they really haven't seen enough from him because Devontae Parker is going to be the starter in that offense uh, on the outside. So no wide receivers I really want on that team. I mean, Juju and a PPR as maybe a wide receiver three, but I'm not really too crazy about Devontae Parker or Tyquan Thornton or Kendrick Bourne or either of those six-round picks. Hunter yeah, Henry and Mississippi are probably the best value. At price, I like Demario Douglas. It's free. I mean, sure, because he's the last one, <laughs> and it's not an insurmountable depth chart. But I think New England's going to be a a a better run offense this year, and I think they will be competitive. They they always are. They keep games competitive with Belichick, but I think their win total is pretty spot on. I see them as an eight and nine or a nine and eight type team this year. And I don't know. I saw you, you look back. I didn't look back and see where I projected them, but I'd be shocked if I had them. This was our biggest, biggest discrepancy with the two of us. I thought they were a 10 win. You had them four wins. (laughs) There we go. I, I uh, apparently don't think that highly of Bill O'Brien. You know, he's not going to win them games. He's going to you know get us fantasy points, but yeah, I'm not enamored with this team. We already said that this whole division has gotten better and, I think New England is now fallen to to fourth in the divisional pecking order. I still think the Jets suck, which brings us to the New York Jets. <laughs> so uh, in case you were uh, unaware, they <laughs> traded for a quarterback by the name of Aaron Rodgers, former Super Bowl winning MVP. That was the uh, biggest change. A year ago, we saw tons of quarterbacks move this year. That was the most significant one. Um, they also did a little thing where they brought in all of his <laughs> receivers from Green Bay. They signed Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb. They brought McCole Hardman in from the Chiefs. Um, as far as trades, just a safety brought in Chuck Clark. Doesn't matter for our purposes here. What they did lose, though, was Mike White, who's been a very serviceable backup, but with Rodgers in there, very rarely misses time. Didn't matter. You mentioned James Robinson. He's gone. Uh, Braxton Berrios went to the Dolphins, and someone named Jeff Smith was a wide receiver that they lost. So, looking to the draft, uh, first round, Will McDonald, an edge. Second round, they took a center. Third round, another offensive tackle. Fifth round, uh, Izzy Ebenkanda, who we both like and just hate this landing spot because of their depth chart. Now, if they're rumored to be in the the Dalvin Cook sweepstakes, that dings him even more. I mean, it, it, at best, he's what maybe maybe running back three if that happens. Could be four or practice squad guy. Uh, another sixth round pick here. They took a linebacker and then a cornerback and then in the seventh round, guy we both liked. Zach Koontz, tight end from Old Dominion, former Penn State guy. Big fan of his, but it's a pretty crowded tight end room with the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' history with targeting the tight ends is less than ideal. He's a good uh, potential stash taxi squad guy, but I don't think he has any value this year or next. Um, But, yeah, not – you know, the the splash with Rodgers and then bringing in all the guys he – "Quote unquote likes to throw to from Green Bay. That that's the big thing here. Vegas has them nine and a half. Somehow I put them at twelve. You have them at ten. Don't believe that one bit. I kind of think they still stink, and I think they're still the worst team in the division. 
The worst 12-win team ever, in John DeBarry's <laughs> opinions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I, 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 I got to go back and see who the division matches up with because now I'm looking at it. I have Buffalo 12, New England 10, Jets 12, Miami 8. So, I mean, those wins are coming somewhere. I don't. I wonder who I have them. Clearly, have Miami, shit out New of England. <laughs> Miami, and New England, wrong. And it shocked me <laughs> that Koontz didn't go early. I know he was on a performer, had to transfer to Old Dominion out of Penn State to do anything. But super athletic tight end. That the fact that he lasted till the seventh round, that no one thought he was worth a late day three flyer before almost the, the end of the draft is shocking to me. And yeah, he didn't land in a spot that I think is ripe with development at, at the tight end position. They just kind of find guys and plug them in. Your guy, Tyler Conklin's there, Uzoma. I like Jeremy Ruckert, who they drafted a year ago as a potential stash guy uh, above Zach Koontz. But, you know, if, if you want to keep digging, they got Kenny Yaboa. They have I a love Kenny Yaboa. Yes, I love they have a, it's all guys we like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, and they're, are, just, they're literally buried behind know, each other. Yeah. yeah. In the Pine Barrens, like it's the Sopranos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's ugly. It's, an, it, it's a lovely, ugly depth chart because none of them will matter when it's all said and done. Yeah, I don't see a path where because, – because they all exist, there is no path to success for any of them. I, I think Conklin separated himself from the group last year. But again, going back to the the Aaron Rodgers history, yes, there's a few years where someone pops here and there, but more often than not, it's just not a position he has traditionally looked at, and that hurts them all even more. Yeah, agreed. And if Gary Wilson is going to see 180 targets like everyone's predicting this year, I mean, it's got to come at someone's expense, right? <laughs> It's, yeah, it's Tyler Conklin. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> would Tyler. you rather? Yeah, would you rather force feed yeah, Tyler sweet Conklin? Tats, sweet tats and a man bun, buddy. But you're going to see two targets again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't even off the top of my head. I don't even know around. who's their wide receiver too. Uh, Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, and then Jesus. Corey Corey Davis is still there, and he's better than Lazard. I'm sorry, he is. But there is a very sneaky guy for this year that seems to have been completely forgotten about. I, yeah. I mean, he's obviously never. I thought for sure game. he was going to be included in that trade. I thought he was destined to end up in green Bay. Cause it kind of made sense to me that they had sure. no veteran receivers. If they were going to turn to love, why not bring in a veteran like Corey Davis, you know, to kind of stabilize that young room. But now they, they what's his ceiling this year? What, 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 is, what could he, yeah, what could he possibly do? High end. 504. Yeah, that's not great either. I mean, he's not even a projected starter right now. Our lads has Wilson, Lazard, and Hardman in three wide sets. Davis backing up Wilson, and then they still have Denzel Mims, and then the aforementioned Randall Cobb is just lurking. So, I mean, it wouldn't just be an injury. It would have to be a key injury. I think it literally would have to be Gary series, Wilson. It would have to be Gary significant injuries. Getting hurt for him to be relevant. Yeah, so he's just buried. And he's making a decent coin. He's making a decent coin through there. Yeah, yeah. Which is another reason why everyone thought he was gone. But other teams probably didn't want that that number on their books either. So <laughs> nor should they. No. All right. I oh I'm excited, John. Just you know, we're knocking the rust off with the divisions. You know, eight weeks of this, and you know, by the end of it, we're just going to be a well-oiled machine. 
I still can't believe Corey Davis was a bust. I was, I mean, relatively, he's a, he's an okay NFL receiver, but I mean, that guy was going 101 in drafts. That hurts my soul. I love that. And guy. wasn't it in the running back draft? Wasn't, wasn't Corey Davis? 2017. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara? Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh, uh, yeah. And Corey uh, Davis was like the 101. Yep. In that boy, draft. Boy, was he. You're talking someone that has had several of those picks. Yeah. Listen, I, I had precious Cooper little Cooper Davis. I, I was Cooper I was, Yeah, well, no, no one outside of people that went to the senior bowl or, you know, knew anything about Cooper Cup. So kudos to them. But I had precious little Corey Davis because I was not buying into a Western Michigan product who did not test because he had a broken foot. So Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt, Njoku, OJ Howard. Oh, it was a, it was a year. Draft. I love it. Except, except at wide receiver. <laughs> Unless one. you took Corey Davis. <laughs> fuck, I did it. Oh, yeah. fuck. All right, Johnny, take us out of here. Painful memories. All right, that'll do it for us. For myself, Johnny Barry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Score, we are a sad, depressed Fantasy 40 podcast, and we are out of here. I did the math in my head and I was like, well, if this stops at 10 my time, one east, I was like, there still should be. And it starts at 4 a.m. your time. You got to take the hours on the back end, too. So there's only six hours while it's down and there's only a four hour clock. And I wrote to the dude, I was like, listen, my bad, man, but t- two of our three picks, the, we went on the clock after 1030 at night. I was like, I'm, I'm not looking at it at that point. I said, but we rang off two and a half hours of our clock without even knowing it. I was like, I'll try to get on first thing in the morning from now. And I was like, but, you know, we seem to be the exception here. Like, literally, our second and third round picks were after hours. Yeah. And we we timed out on the one. We took Brees Hall. Full disclosure, I did not want Brees Hall. I just, because I wasn't hearing from you, and that's who you said, I went with, I was going to select your beer Gibbs. 100% with that pick. And I was like, oh, that guy I, scares the fuck. All I, I said, I can't do it. But I did not want Breeze Hall. I didn't. Um, I, I wanted to drink one who I, know, who, I, who I know you also hate. That was another Despise. issue. I know you do. And dude's 21. He's the alpha in that offense. I don't care about Kyle Pitts. Like, hopefully better days are ahead because I don't think Arthur Smith's going to be there for long. I thought that was a great value pick for that league because just one, 14 teams are – we're going to be hard pressed to com- like create like someone that I think is like guaranteed to compete this year. So I don't want to be like drafting Russell Wilson right now, honestly. You know, I just don't, you know, he's got two to three years tops left, you know, and we have to know where we have a shot this year and not trading around like other teams are. Some teams are pushing on this year while others are going for the future. We're sitting right in the middle, not trading anything. So we're going to be behind the teams that traded all their future picks because they have one to two more, early assets than we do and then we're not going to be where the the win later teams are because they're acquiring 
future assets. So we're, we're, we're in a, I think we're in a bad spot in that league. We leaned fully into win now in the, was it the other one? The was it best ball, which I'm fine with. So let's go, dude. I, by the we're, way, I'm ecstatic. That fucking t- just looking at the other teams too. Dude, we're in, we're in a very good spot there. I agreed. Agreed. I, I'm fine with, with that build. Yeah. So the, the, the best ball build of Hertz McCaffrey and Tyree kill agreed. And I think McCaffrey and Tyree kill two to three years still be viable. And Hertz is a top three quarterback right now. So we just, we're going to have to lean into tight end at some point. I mean, we can wait a little bit, but I didn't know it was start two. I knew it was a tight end premium. I didn't pay attention to the start two. Premium to- isn't that big. You're, you're fucked oh, with the not- start two. It's, okay. No, it's, so because wide receivers, I think one point two five, and tight end is one point five. So it's even oh, just okay. so it's not a premium at all. Yeah, no, especially because the wide receivers get a bump. Yeah, it's just a start too. Okay, yeah, I mean, so we it's just the fact that we have to put two people in that roster spot every week. And There's I know still, we can, I mean, last time I looked, I didn't look at the the. I mean, yeah, I I agree. I, I'm I not saying we take a guy with the with next like, pick, <laughs> but. You know, right now the highest projected guy is Evan Ingram left, and then it's Ertz and Joku, Knox, Waller, Shoemaker, Higby, Johnson. I like Waller a lot in given how we're going, but you can't trust him at all. I mean, no. So do you spend? Do we spend a fourth round pick on him? But he's he's probably no. going to be the top target in New York. But, but, yeah, I I think there's a spot where I'd have to pull the draft up, but I just closed all those fucking windows. Um. Yeah, you know, I mean, just if we like, you know, like yeah, down, down line Schultz, we, Jelani Woods, Mike Gesicki types, like Chig, guys that we both like I, later. I think we can do really good going like four picks in a row later where we go Chig, Schultz. Uh, yeah, we just have to stay on top of the room as everyone else is prioritizing. One fucking team has three tight ends. The first three picks are tight ends. It's fucking stupid. I, it's I, just a it's, dumb build. Yeah, I mean, I guess you can flex the one guy, but being that it's really not premium, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. And the thing is, even the start two, I, mean, I, I don't need the top two tight ends because you take Kelsey; he's got a year or two left. I mean, what are you doing here? 